Welcome to the Ship Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, September 25th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. So, is it time to panic if you're a gold and silver investor? Because, I'm not going to lie, it sure does feel like a good time to panic, right? But I'll say this up front. When it comes to your money, it's never a good idea to panic. Or, to put it another way, if you feel panicky, that's probably not the best time to act. So, what's happened this week? Well, we've had two big sell-off days in gold and silver. It started on Monday. Now, as a baseline, remember gold has been trading range-bound for the last several weeks between about 1970 and 1900 an ounce. Last week, I said it looked like the yellow metal was building strong support at 1900. Monday, gold tested that. It fell over 50 bucks, and for a short time, it was actually below 1900 But it rallied late in the day, and I think it ended up closing around 1913 an ounce. So it was a big drop on the day, but it looked like we were going to hold that support at 1900 Then on Wednesday, we had another big drop, and gold broke right through $1,900 and ended up down around 1860 an ounce. Silver took a similar trajectory, and when it was all said and done, gold was at a two-month low and silver was at a seven-week low. In fact, if you look at silver's percentage plunge, it has technically entered bear market territory. Now, yesterday, things settled down a little bit, and we had the first up session for gold in four days. But this morning, we actually seemed to be on a bit of a downside trajectory again. And uh, the last time I looked, gold was trading at pretty close to 1850 an ounce. So, is this the end of the gold bull run? Well, the short answer is no, at least not in my never-to-be-humble opinion. It's not time to panic if you're looking at the long-term dynamics in the market. I did a Facebook Live video on Wednesday and also put it on YouTube, so you might have seen that. Um, And I was talking about some of the things that you have to believe in order to believe that gold is finished. And I'm actually going to cover some of that a little bit more uh, in a formal, organized way here today. But I'm going to center on the Fed because I think that is the central character in this little drama. But before I dig into that, I will just say one thing you have to believe to be bearish on gold is that the economy is fixed. As I have said on a number of occasions on this podcast, there are plenty of reasons to think that in the long term, it's going to be very difficult to recover from the effects of the government lockdowns, even optimistically assuming that they don't do it again. And there are already some signs that they are doing it again uh, in Europe which is part of the reason we're seeing this big sell-off right now. I've been saying all along, I expect to see some much better economic numbers in the near term, say over the next six months to a year. And then I think things are going to turn ugly again as the stimulus wears off and the effects of the massive levels of debt kick in as businesses can't limp along anymore and they just go under. I'm thinking more of a W-shaped recovery as opposed to the mystical V-shaped bounce back that the pundits keep talking about. I always like to underscore the weekly jobless claims because they undermine this quick economic recovery narrative. Another 870,000 people filed for unemployment for the first time last week. And that's a lot, right? 
And they can't even spin this to the good like they did last week by saying it was better than expected because it was worse than expected. Bottom line, a lot of people are still losing their jobs right now, even as we're looking ahead to this economic recovery. So you have to believe that you know things are going to get a lot better here in the near term, and I just don't see it. So anyway, let's look at the real player in all of this, Powell and company over at the Federal Reserve. As I said, I think it's way too early to declare last rights on the gold and silver bull markets. In order to believe that the gold bull run is over, you have to believe that the Fed is going to actually tighten monetary policy and the dollar is going to remain strong. And to me, that seems more than implausible. The big drop in gold and silver has primarily been driven by dollar strength. The dollar index hit a two-month high on Wednesday. Investors have moved into the dollar due to concerns about a resurgence in coronavirus, particularly in Europe, and the possibility of further economic lockdowns. Now, keep in mind, the sudden risk-off sentiment hasn't only clobbered gold and silver. U.S. stocks have taken a big hit as well. The Dow had a 500-plus point decline twice this week, and on Wednesday, the Nasdaq was down over 3%. Bonds have even struggled to gain any traction. Now, normally, bond prices would rise when people are in a no-risk mood because they mistakenly believe that treasuries are this great safe haven. In some ways, what we have seen this week looks a little bit like what we saw back in March when pretty much everything was selling off except for the dollar. But the big driver of all of this is the Fed, like I said. In many ways, the sell-off we've seen both in stocks and precious metals is essentially a big temper tantrum because the Fed didn't promise more stimulus during the FOMC meeting a couple of weeks ago. Now, sure, the central bank maintained its commitment to extraordinary monetary policy, but the markets don't think that's enough. There's this perception out there that's developing that the Fed is not going to be loose enough. This is important to grasp here. We have the most extraordinarily loose monetary policy ever in history. I did an article over at shiftgold.com slash news on the money supply this week. It rose at record levels for the fifth straight month. We've never seen the money supply grow at this rate before. The only time it's come close was during the stagflationary period in the 1970s. We have all of this stimulus now, and the markets are like, eh, meh, not enough. What more have you got for me? It goes back to Peter Schiff's favorite analogy of the drug addict, which I have unceremoniously stolen from him. The drug addict always needs more of the drug to keep the same high, right? This is exactly how the market is acting. The high created by all of this stimulus is pretty much worn off, and the addict wants more. Chicago Federal Reserve President Charles Evans actually stoked the fire when he said the central bank could raise rates before inflation averages 2% for any long period of time. He said, quote, We sort of said we're looking to get inflation up to 2%, and then after that we could be raising rates and still have an accommodative setting for monetary policy, he said. Now, everybody was reporting on this on Wednesday, and they were associating these kind of hawkish comments with the big drop in gold. And, you know, I think people heard this, and all they heard was raising rates. This raises the first key question. Do you really believe that the Fed 
is going to raise rates? If you ask me, that is a hard no. How could it raise rates given the levels of debt in the economy? Rising interest rates would pop the debt bubble and it would crush the economy. Remember, the Fed couldn't even normalize monetary policy in 2018, a decade after the Great Recession. It gave it the old college try now. And then the stock market tanked and the Fed cut interest rates. It relaunched QE and it engaged in repo operations to rescue the market and shore up the rickety financial system. There's a lot more debt now than there was in 2018. The stock market bubble, it's way bigger. The real estate bubble, it's bigger. If the Fed couldn't raise rates two years ago, how in the hell is it going to raise rates now? Short answer, it won't. In fact, Evans has already walked his statement back, as Reuters reported. On Wednesday, he said the Fed won't raise rates until inflation reaches 2% sustainably, and the central bank is confident it will overshoot that goal. Conditions that won't be met before the end of 2023. So again, Evans is pushing this nerve. We're not going to raise rates. Look, the Fed is not going to raise rates. And Fed Vice Chair Richard Clarita He was also talking in his most dovish voice, saying rates will be at the current level, which is basically zero, until actual observed PCE inflation has reached 2%. That is at least. We could actually keep rates at this level beyond that. But we are not even going to begin thinking about lifting off, we expect, until we actually get observed inflation equal to 2%. So they're marching out the doves. If I were a betting man, I would say the odds of the Fed raising rates in the next five years are the same as the interest rate, zero. There's another important question to grapple with here. At the end of the day, will the Fed provide more stimulus? I think that answer is an emphatic yes. In fact, Jerome Powell was on Capitol Hill pushing for just that this week. He said the economy appears to be improving, but there is a long way to go. And he said, we need to stay with it. The recovery will go faster if there is support coming from both Congress and the Fed. The Fed chair is clearly still all in on stimulus. Now, he would prefer that Congress pass another fiscal stimulus bill. That's really what they're jonesing for. They want Congress to spend the money. Powell isn't the only one putting pressure on Congress right now. Yesterday, Evans said, we are taking a very serious and unnecessary risk if we do not extend federal assistance to out-of-work households. And he went on to say, more fiscal relief is needed in order to limit further damage to households and businesses. So, you know, in a way, the Fed is kind of playing a game of chicken with Congress. They're saying, hey, we're not coming through with more monetary stimulus. You need to do the fiscal stimulus. Here's the thing. When you boil it all down, it's a difference without a distinction. Fiscal stimulus is monetary stimulus. U.S. government doesn't have any money. So if Congress spends more, it's going to have to borrow, and the Fed will have to monetize all of that debt. In other words, at the end of the day, we're talking about more money printing. No matter how you slice it or dice it, we're talking about more quantitative easing, and that, my friends, is bullish for gold. And I'm almost certain that even absent action from Congress, if Congress can't get their stuff together and get a stimulus package passed, the Fed is still going to do what it can to keep the bubbles inflated. If stocks keep falling, the Fed will up QE without congressional action.
you know, even if I'm wrong, the Fed is already committed to maintaining QE, at least at the current level, right? That's pretty clear. That's still bullish for gold. You should definitely definitely listen to Peter's podcast from Wednesday. He makes the case that even if the mainstream is right and the Fed is going to move forward more hawkishly, then that's way worse news for stocks than it is for gold and silver. The stock market needs the Fed a whole heck of a lot more than gold does. As Peter put it, if you're worried that we're not going to get more stimulus, you shouldn't be selling gold and silver. You should be selling the NASDAQ and the S&P. But look, we all know we're getting more stimulus. And to believe the gold bull run is over, you have to believe that the Fed is done with it. That it's actually going to raise rates and shrink its balance sheet. Pause here for a second and contemplate. Do you really think that's going to happen? Now, act accordingly. Honestly, I think these big dips look more like buying opportunities than a sign to hit the panic button. And the folks over at Shift Gold can help with that. Call them at 1-888-GOLD-160, or you can shoot them an email over at info at shiftgold.com. Talk to a precious metal specialist today. They can help you prepare your portfolio, figure out how gold and silver can figure into your financial planning as we move forward into these absolutely insane times. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more. And of course, keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis every day throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. And if you haven't done it already, you can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap podcast over at iTunes. Uh, we are on Stitcher, on Google Play, and of course, on the Shift Gold YouTube channel. Links to all of this stuff are on the show notes page. I'm done for the day. Hope you guys have a great weekend, and I'll talk to you next time.